Blog Talk Radio. Los Angeles and 77 degrees. This is Ray Storm and the host of U.S. Defense Watch Radio. I'm also the editor and founder of USDefenseWatch.com, a site that's been around for about two years, bringing the world politically incorrect national security, defense, and political news. This is the premier broadcast of U.S. Defense Watch Radio, and I hope in the coming days, weeks, and months, to uh, bring the broadcast up to about two hours every morning and have some great guests on every day as well. So you just don't have to hear my voice. Bring on some experts in national security, defense, intelligence issues, politics with a conservative viewpoint. Today's subject on U.S. Defense Watch Radio is Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, a legend in her own mind. Uh, Gillibrand is a uh, has been around, actually, uh, since 2006. She was in Congress for a couple tours there where she posed as a moderate to, quote, conservative Democrat. And, uh, you know, in 27, in, in the, uh, the 2000s and today, I don't really know if there is a conservative Democrat. The days of the guys like Sam Nunn are long gone as the Democratic Party has gone even farther into the leftist abyss. And Julie Brown has, has been really known since she got into the uh, to the Senate in uh, 2010 for taking a, a really hard social justice warrior focus on the military and pushing the uh, the feminist agenda and and she's she's becoming a big problem for the military itself the woman has absolutely no experience in the military okay let's start that off point 1 she never served a day in the military. She's never served as a civilian with the military. She's never served as a civilian employee of any U.S. intelligence agency. Yet, she believes that she's an expert on the combat arms, special forces, and is a gigantic advocate for pushing women into these roles. Now, as you know, in 20. 15, December 2015, uh, Ash and Trash Carter, Secretary of Defense, a man with four physics degrees, should have been working down at NASA some way he got himself into the Pentagon, uh, authorized women to serve in the combat arms forces and special operations of the U.S. military. Anybody who's been in the military knows the combat arms special operations, this is really the NFL of the military. It's anybody served in the combat arms special operations, especially in, in, in a war and knows that the physical and mental toll that this takes on you is, is, just, is just gigantic. I, I, was, I was actually served in the, uh, the 7th Cavalry 
in the first Gulf War. And I remember as a young guy, even in peacetime, I would see colonels in their 40s, generals in their 50s that had served in infantry or armor, maybe special ops their whole life. These guys looked 20 years older than their time because the job is so physically demanding and mentally demanding that it just wears you down. But as you know, if anybody's been following U.S. Defense Watch, you know that there has been a gigantic push. It really started in the late 70s, 80s, went on, but uh, nobody really took it seriously. But it's really in the last 20 years, the, the push to, to basically uh, turn the, uh, the U.S. military and the Pentagon into some kind of social engineering Petri dish. So every left-wing wacko idea you know, has been put down in the military, pushed into the military. And why has it been going on? Because nobody in the military has the guts to stop it. Okay. So let's backtrack here to Jilly Brott. She, if anybody might remember when uh, Secretary Mattis, uh, Mad Dog Mattis, who I've uh, lost a lot of faith in. Anyway, he was at the, uh, the his confirmation hearing and, uh, Senator Gillibrand uh, grilled him for several minutes about his ideas about women in combat because General Mattis had said before that, uh, you know, uh, anybody who has actually crossed the line of departure in a war knows that putting women into combat arms is basically setting them up for failure. Well, she had obviously read some of this stuff and uh, she grilled him and basically did a, a very good uh, song and dance act tap dances way right out of there. He would have made uh, Jimmy Cagney happy, uh, basically saying that, uh, you know, that was something he said before, but don't worry about it, Senator. Everything's going to be okay when I'm Secretary of Defense. I don't know. I really don't know how she read that or not, but, but basically uh, Mattis has rolled over on everything. And, and, the, and the problem we have right now in the military, it's getting hit by everything. You've got people like Julie Brandt who know absolutely nothing about the military. Once again, she's a soccer mom from upstate New York who has never served a day in the military, yet she, she believes that you know, allowing women to go into Delta Force is the equivalent of providing equal opportunity for women to be professors at Harvard or some, something like that. It's just, it's, it's beyond insanity. And why is she getting away with it? Because nobody doing anything to stop it, okay? Now we understand that basically when when Obama was was running things, you know that's really they went off the deep end. Uh, you know, especially with Ash Carter, you had Martin Dempsey, who will probably go down in history as the, one of the worst chairmen of the Joint Chiefs. Uh, Dempsey just allowed everything to happen, and and, and we all thought when General Mattis got in, President Trump was elected, General Mattis got in that the Mad Dog was going to make some changes. But the mad dog hasn't done anything right now. Okay? Where where is the pushback on women in the combat arms special operations? Where has been the pushback on the sensitivity training, the stress the, the whole thing? There hasn't been anything. And then what we had, we had the news this week that the Pentagon had basically rolled over on the on the uh, on the transgender issue, and that they are uh, authorizing transgenders to enlist 
in the military starting on January 1st. In a nutshell, two liberal federal judges um, had overturned the, the Pentagon or the president's directive to the Pentagon. Why is the Pentagon allowing two federal judges to do this? The military is outside of civilian law. Anybody who's been in the military knows that the military runs by the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. The military has laws that the civilian world does not. For example, if you commit adultery in the military, that's a crime. If your boss in the military tells you to do something, a.k.a. gives you a legal direct order and you do not do it or obey it or willingly do not do it, you are in trouble. In the civilian world? your boss says you to do something you don't want to do it well you maybe you're going to get fired but that's about it in the military you can go to jail so it goes right from there the president of the united states is the commander-in-chief of the united states military why is he not doing anything to stop this is is now is every directive coming from the pentagon that some leftist judge that they can dig up from a, an alley in san francisco is going to put a stop to it I mean, I, I'm scratching my head on this one and, and wondering why there's no pushback. But I've, I've, I've been scratching my head now for literally since 2000 and maybe before that. It really started in the mid-90s when the great draft dodger uh, was elected president. And, and it really it, – it, the, first, the first change – well, the first – actually, the, the first thing was tailhook um, back in the early 90s. Tailhook almost was the equivalent of what's going on today with the sexual harassment, uh, you know, accusations. You had the party with the aviators in the uh, hotel in Vegas, got out of control. There were accusations, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, heads were rolling in the Navy. One great naval aviator after another, naval leaders were out the door. Flag officers, admirals, commanders. Lieutenant commanders, captains, whatever, they were gone. The Navy lost a lot of people. And from then, actually, that was really the beginning of the end for the Navy, and that's a different subject entirely. And then we moved into the mid-'90s when Clinton got in office, and they changed the law, which basically allowed women to join a lot of military support units uh, that were uh, had always been uh, close to them because they were under the threat of getting uh, ambushed and transportation convoys, stuff like that. Remember, we saw the Jessica Lynch thing. That was a perfect example of a job that was not open to females, but was. And we know about that whole fiasco and the the fraud the Pentagon cooked up that Jessica Lynch was fighting to the end. She'll go down in history as the only person in the U.S. military to ever get a Bronze Star Medal for being cold cocked and knocked out. And her weapon did not fire because it was dirty. We then moved on into the late 90s. And then we got into the Iraq War, and the idea of women going into combat armed special ops was really kind of put on hold. But everything, as you know and as you've read, really went downhill with the military once Obama got in office. Okay, it, it really what you had is you had a president of the United States who wanted to destroy the military by making it a social engineering project, and he found the right people to do it, like Martin Dempsey the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. It was his man. I mean, he, and, and, and basically what happened over time is that the warriors left the military. 
and the social justice warriors in, began to infect the military. When I come back, we're going to keep talking about the social engineering run, still, still to this day, running amok in the U.S. military. More on Kirsten Gillibrand and General Mattis's seeming inability to stop it. I'll be right back on U.S. Defense Watch. We've got about 16 minutes left of airtime. Here's the premiere broadcast. It's only 30 minutes. We're going to move up to two hours eventually and every day here on Blog Talk Radio. You'll be able to download it uh, eventually on iTunes podcast as well as coming to Blog Talk Radio. You'll be able to just click on a link from my website, usdefensewatch.com, and go directly either to Blog Talk Radio or to iTunes podcast. We're talking about Senator Kirsten Gillibrand her lack of complete experience and knowledge about the U.S. military, the U.S. military's descent into the maelstrom of social justice insanity in the military, and Secretary Mattis's ability, or inability, excuse me, to stop it. You know, I went over to Kristen Gillibrand's website uh, a couple days ago. She's been leading the charge, of course, um, to try to get rid of Trump, the new globalist leftist plan to get rid of him is that, you know, he's a sexual harasser, uh, et cetera, like all these other guys that we've been hearing about, Connors, Franken, Charlie Rose, uh, you know, Weinstein, the whole bit. And so I went over to her, um, to her website and uh, I found this interesting bit. This is, her, this is from her website. Uh, she talks about how Ash Carter, yada, yada, authorized women to serve in combat on uh, 3 December 2015. Women already been serving shoulder to shoulder with male service members and dying in combat. Well, let's stop right there. Women have died in every war that the U.S. has ever fought. They've served in various capacities. We're not saying we don't want women to serve in the military. There's thousands of jobs that they can do and are doing very well at this moment. We're talking about women serving in the combat arms, special ops which requires an incredible amount of physical strength and stamina. And really, which pushes, anybody who's seen it, pushes men to their, to their limit. And everybody knows, basically, that the idea of doing this is really just a fantasy. Um, and the danger with Julie Brown is she thinks that, you know, sending a woman into the, uh, into the 7th Cavalry is the same thing as, uh, you know, providing women equal opportunity at one of the liberal law firms she worked for in Manhattan. But the whole idea of women, this, this, this myth that women served in combat, yes, in the Iraq war, they went on combat missions, the cultural liaison teams to deal with, uh, you know, Arab women, okay, 
Or they might have been in a support unit like Jessica Lynch where her convoy was hit by the bad guys as they returned fire. And by the way, the support units, a lot of them in deserts in Iraq, too, didn't, apparently their performance was not that good. Not the combat arms, but the, uh, the support units. Not every unit, but some of them. And, you know, it's, so this, this, this idea, just because women went on certain missions, the culture liaison teams, et cetera, that is not the same as serving in a combat arms unit every day, peacetime or war. As I put in an article I wrote, it's the equivalent of comparing riding down, taking your bike out and riding it around the neighborhood to actually running the Tour de France, riding the Tour de France. And anybody who's served in the combat, they know what I'm talking about. But Julie Brown doesn't know anything. But keep letting her uh, influence policy on it. She serves on the Senate Armed Forces Committee right now. And she, uh, I, this is from her website, too. Senator Julie Brown is focused on ensuring that the service put in place the systems to recruit and retain women for combat positions and set them up for success. You know, as General Mattis, his own words, you're setting them up for failure. Like I said, if a woman wants to be a four-star general and run U.S. Cyber Command or whatever, that's fine. Let a woman, a, 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 you know, a woman's four-star general run NORAD or three-star general, whatever. That's fine. Nobody's saying anything about that. You know, and, and one of the things I want to talk about on another show is the, the, the Marine study that they did that cost the Marines $36 million basically, where they took the best physically fit, you know, super jock women in the Marines, put them up against just your average slobs that they dug out of, some, you know, some probably some Marine support unit, guys out of shape. And they, they, they put them, they, they faced them off against each other in a, in a million different simulated combat tasks. And, of course, the all-male units kicked ass. The co-ed units were slower. The all-female units were much slower. I mean, this is not rocket science. This is what humanity is known and, and the world is known for th since the dawn of creation. Why do we have to, you know, wh why are we allowing ourselves to let a fantasy drive national security policy right now? Okay. And why, my, my biggest question right now, well, I don't want to get on Jeff Sessions, but General Mattis, disappointed a lot of people okay he's no flunky you know either it's joe dunford dunford did nothing obviously dunford is just chairman of the jcs he's you know fighting joe uh yet these guys are letting you know uh, feminist uh action groups lawsuits gloria all red whoever they're th being thrown at the pentagon right now they're letting them dictate national security policy nobody has the guts to tell Kristen Gillibrand to shut up and sit down. Why doesn't one of these guys just say, look, Senator, you don't know anything. You never served. Have you ever carried a ruck? Do you know how much a ruck weighs? Have you ever frozen your butt off on a, you know, a field exercise? Have you ever been in a war? Have you ever been 5,000 miles from a war? The only elephant she's ever seen is in the DC Zoo, believe me. But yet it's, you know, we, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. It's, it's, it's just, it's a fantasy. That sounds very stylish. Yes, it does, doesn't it? And I think a lot of people are wondering where this all is going to lead to. Okay, because obviously you've got the train wreck of the federal judges that are calling the shots. The Pentagon and the president, apparently, I don't know what Trump is thinking. President Trump, God bless him, 
He's not a military guy. He doesn't know everything. And he takes a lot of directives. And I think if you would have had president had actually served, he would have said, wait a minute, why? Well, these, I'm the commander in chief. You know, the Pentagon's under the UCMJ. I, I don't care what these, these guys say. So the question is, is it going to stop? And what happens if it doesn't stop? Okay. Well, eventually what's going to happen is that the standards are going to just cascade into oblivion in the military. It always happens. Uh, there are some women that can meet some of the physical tasks, but some, most of them can't. Everybody knows it. And the military will change and lower the standards to allow these women in. Okay. It'll be a fiasco, a farce, like the three women that graduated from ranger school. I don't want to go into that. That's a, that is a topic for another day. Anybody who's been to ranger school, I was not a ranger, but you know, I know from talking to a lot of you know people that I know went to ranger school that you know a, a, an average guy loses 60 to 70 pounds. Why? Well, these three women that graduated from ranger school, they looked overweight there. So that, there, there's right there, and there's a lot of there's a lot of smoke there. That's another story. The next war that the U.S. military gets into is not going to be like the last wars or the current war we're fighting still in Afghanistan, the Iraq War, Desert Storm. The next, the next war we get into, we're going to be getting into it with North Korea, could be Russia, China. You know, these are, these are uh, countries that are going to put up a heck of a fight in a war. And is the U.S. military ready? Well, we've got a lot of technology. There's no doubt about it. I think we've got some holes in the technology. But that's not going to save us. At the end of the day, it's still the grunt that wins wars. Okay? The rifleman, the tanker, the cav guy the gun bunnies, the special ops guy. And there's a lot of different special operations units, so I'm just putting them all into one group, SOF, special operations. You know who you are. And I'll tell you right now that the military's in trouble. It's been in trouble for a long time, and, you know, it doesn't seem like things are being fixed. And everybody is sort of getting that warm, fuzzy feeling you had when General Mattis the mad dog was taking charge. Well, the mad dog has really become the sleeping dog. You know, we had high hopes for him, but I don't, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what he's going to do. And if we keep this up, everything the Pentagon does is going to be countermanded by some liberal judge that they can dig up. Mark my words, unless they put a stop to it. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have never served in the military. And so I want to make this point here. We've got about six minutes left. They believe, they don't understand that the military is a thousand percent different than the civilian world. I don't think most Americans, including myself, I don't care what you do in private. If you're, if you want to wear a dress, whatever. Okay. You could worship a tree, you know, you could date, you know, you could, I, I just don't care what you do. Okay, as long as you're not a criminal. But the military is different because all this stuff that they're allowing, the open homosexuality, the transgenders now, the women in the combat arms, the lower the training standards, okay, it's all destroying the warrior culture. Okay, 
And uh, there's a guy who's on uh, Fox News. He's a commentator every once in a while, Colonel Waltz. He's retired Special Forces Colonel. He said one time um, that the warrior culture is very fragile, something you don't want to mess with. Uh, he's not quite as opinionated as I am. But uh, what he was implying is that all this stuff that has been going on has been eating away at it like a cancer. Okay. You know, the uh, Shakespeare wrote about the band of brothers um, from from his play, Henry V. And look how long ago that was written. This has been going on since the dawn of time with military units. You have to have the warrior culture. You have to have the male bonding, the esprit de corps. You can have the most physically fit. They're gonna, they can find, you know, they can, you know, uh, they're, they'll, there's some woman in the world that could probably make it, you know, legally or excuse me, honestly through ranger school. But once you uh, once you have co-ed combat units, it, it's no longer a fighting unit. It's a high school class with all the emotion and all the little cliques start forming. Interesting, it's no longer a fighting effective force. And I think anybody who's been in that situation, that kind of unit, knows what I'm talking about. And these idiots like Gillibrand have no conception of the camaraderie in a military combat armed special forces unit, particularly one that's in a war zone, and they never will. And the fact that we're allowing people like her, and she's just the perfect example. There are, believe me, hundreds of people like her. She has a lot of power, though. The fact that we're allowing her to influence national security policy is a testament to the complete lack of an intestinal fortitude in the Pentagon right now. The people we thought that were going to help the military are letting us down. There seems to be a lot of that going on with some of President Trump's cabinet picks. I won't go into AG sessions right now, but I think he comes to mind as well. And the people, there's a lot of people, they've asked me, well, Ray, what's so big deal? Transgenders in a unit, so what? You know, the whole thing. And they don't understand, people that have never served in these units, that it is not like going to work at some hipster millennial startup where it doesn't matter. I think anybody who has, you know, has never been in the military, think about when you worked at a company that you worked for 25, 30, 40 years ago. How many of those people do you still talk to? Probably not many or any. But anybody who's listening that served in a war in a combat arms or special operations unit said, hey, when was the last time you talked to your buddy from Vietnam or Korea or Desert Storm or whatever, Iraq, Afghanistan? And they can, they can probably tell you, oh, yeah, I talked to, you know, Bob last week or last month. Because it's a camaraderie that is non-existent anywhere else except in the military. It's the warrior culture. And it's being destroyed. It's being destroyed. It, may, it lets me uh, think about that last scene from the movie Patton, where General Patton is walking his dog. He's walking into, it's supposed to be Bavaria, it's actually filmed in Spain. He's talking about Roman warriors coming home from battle and that all glory is fleeting. Well, all glory is fleeting. 
in the U.S. military. And it's a bad situation. It doesn't look like anything is going to change. And I think it's a subject for more shows. So join me next time on U.S. Defense Watch Radio to talk about national security, defense, intelligence, history, and political issues. And we'll have a much longer format coming. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time.